Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. So today is a special day, as you can already see on the, on the screens, uh, it is Young Communicator Sunday, something that we've never done here at New Song. I've heard of other churches doing this for a number of years, and, uh, and, and I got to the point where I said, you know what, I would be stupid not to, to incorporate this uh, here at New Song, because uh, we believe so strongly in raising up leaders raising up ministers uh, of the gospel. We really believe raising up the next generation is one of the most important things that we can do. And, and to give people an opportunity, not only to equip them for works of service, but to give them an opportunity in which to serve. Well, there are some people who are working on a gift of teaching that they have in their life, and they just need an opportunity. So it, it's good for, for who's going to be speaking today. It's going to be great for them. It's going to be great for you because I've already heard of you're going you're to get some encouragement from the Word of God. And it's great for me because I get to take a Sunday off and not have to preach today, everybody. And I'm, I'm loving that. And so it, in just a few minutes, we have three uh, uh, young men that are going to come out, and they're going to they're gonna speak the Word of God today. They're going to preach uh, today, they're all going to take about eight, eight, nine, ten minutes, something like that each. And uh, I, I want you to do a couple of things. Uh, if, if they're really, really good, just cheer them on. Okay, so lots of amens. I want you to amen the snot out of them, all right? And, and I want you to laugh at all of their jokes. Then I want you to applaud them both inside and outside. And if they really stink, if they really just are terrible, I want you to cheer them on and laugh at their jokes and applaud them and say amen a lot, all right? Because we want to give them our very best and, and encourage them in the Lord. So the three that are going to be speaking to you today, Dan Treadway, Aaron Beck, and then uh, Isaac Chambers will finish it up. And then I'm going to come back out with a, a, a speaking, a spoken blessing. Every if, if you're new to New Song, we start the year every year, and we've been doing this for a long time, that we bring all of the children into the room, we all gather together, and I just speak a blessing over you uh, at the end of the service. That's going to happen today. It's just, and, and I'll explain more of that in just a little bit. So, uh, but before that happens, it's Young Communicator Sunday. So everybody, I want you to put your hands together. Welcome Dan Treadway. He's up first. Good morning, new song. So like Pastor Justin said, my name's Dan Treadway. Uh, my wife and I have been attending New Song for a little over four years. Um, we have five kids, uh, ages ranging from going to be 10 to 5. Um, outside of my family, I really enjoy football. Um, I'm actually the, the Tritons Youth uh, Commissioner, and I'm a Marine, and I currently work at ATC Trailers, where I'm a sales estimator uh, or inside sales. And so when, when Justin asked me to speak, uh, I was very excited, but I was uh, also very nervous. And so I've been told that if you articulate your fears out loud, that it helps you to get over them. So hopefully that helps. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind was how consistent faithfulness sparks curiosity how consistent faithfulness can spark the curiosity in those around you. And so for me in my life, uh, working at ATC, I've been there just a little over seven years, and I haven't always been in the position that I am in. I actually started on the production floor, 
And a few years into that, I was, uh, I was asked to lead a team and uh, become a team leader. And so what that means at ATC is that uh, I lead a team that does a certain amount of processes that helps build these trailers. And so the team was eight, eight people and myself, so seven guys that reported to me. And before I would go into work every day, I would pray in my car. And I'd pray not only uh, for ATC, but for the leaders at ATC, for the guys that uh, reported to me, and for just the people that I, I worked, uh, my other coworkers, that I could just uh, be faithful to who Jesus is and what he's done for me and how I can show that through my life. And so my consistent faithfulness did spark the curiosity of some of the people around me. And what did that look like? For me, it looked like coming in early every day and getting, getting everything set up. It was throughout the day, just helping out wherever I could, just looking at, just knowing the people's personalities that I work with and just seeing when they're having a bad day. And if they are having a bad day, just go talk to them, help them get through the day. Helping out with mistakes, when they make mistakes, just always being there to be gracious and help them. Staying late after work, even if, even if that meant they couldn't, but I would stay late and fix their mistakes. And over time, that really, that consistent faithfulness did spark that curiosity, and it led to a lot of good conversation. And those conversations were right after work, and it was never anything about work. It was typically about something going on at home in their families or something going on with some sort of legal issue. And that opportunity, I got to say, hey, can I pray for you? And they, they always said yes. I said, I got to share my story, and in turn, I got to share the gospel with them. And I'm willing to bet that most of you are in the same position that I'm in. Now, you go to work every day, or you go to school, or if you don't do either of those, I'm sure you're part of a group or some sort of activity where you are around people constantly. And if you were consistently faithful, how you could spark the curiosity in those around you. And I just want to look at a couple, couple passages, uh, all in Matthew chapter 9. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically say how long these people are faithful for. It just says that they are faithful. And, and Jesus rewards faithfulness by doing the miraculous and impossible. And that, that impossible for you, that might look like your coworker. That might look like the kid that sits in front of you. That might look like that person that's in your group that you just don't get along with. And so in Matthew chapter 9, in Matthew chapter 9, we see th three instances where um, faithfulness, uh, Jesus does something because of people's faithfulness. And in, in the first one in, in verse 2, talking about the paralyzed man, the paralyzed man. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man, that's Jesus, on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. Chapter 9, verse 22. Jesus turned around and when he saw, uh, this is speaking about the woman with the consistent bleeding. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged, your faith has made you well. And then finally, in the same chapter, verse 29, we see about the two blind men. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. So 
I just want you guys just to close your eyes for a second. When I first mentioned about that place or those people, what would it look like if you were consistently faithful to who Jesus is and what he's done in your life that you could spark that curiosity in those people around you? Collectively, if we all did that in the next week, in the next month, in the remainder of this year, how many people we would have the potential to reach, to plant seeds, to share the gospel, to share Jesus' love to them? Dear Lord, I just thank you for this time of fellowship. I just thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I just pray that in the coming week, in the coming months, in the year, that if we are just consistently faithful, that we could spark the curiosity in those around us to ask why. And the only answer we'll be able to give them is that it's Jesus, you through us. Amen. Good morning, y'all. Uh, if you don't know me, if we haven't met, I am nervous. <laughs> no, actually, I'm, uh, my name's Aaron Beck. I'm married to Pastor Amanda here. Um, it's a pleasure to be up here, to be trusted to be up here to, in front of y'all and speak to you. Um, so we all made it through Christmas and New Year. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm exhausted. Uh, I've hauled more toy boxes and cardboard to the trash than any human being ever should. <laughs> And I don't know what they do now, but like they put like locking lug nuts on stuff now. You can't, you can't get anything out of the box. Kids not, yeah, it's just a terrible situation. But uh, so we get through the new year and society, society puts it to us like, right, it's this new year once this ball drops and, you know, they start playing the music that it's a new year, it's a new you, it's the possibilities are endless, you know, the road is wide open, which, which really all the change is the calendar flipped, right? Because it's the same Aaron Beck. January 1st, 2024, as it was, you know, December 31st, 2023. So that, that gets me to thinking, so what is it about me that, that I keep carrying from year to year that I feel like I need that, that new refreshing year for? What is all the burden that I carry, and why do we do that as people? Why do we decide that all of these things from our past, all of our skeletons, all of our pain, our hurt, our scars, just all of our baggage, that we feel like we need to continuously carry with us every year. Do you realize how heavy that is? So um, just like jumping back, uh, way back actually. So put me back in basic training. Uh, M16A2 rifle was, was the rifle they used then, which kind of dates me now. But um, the, you know, the drill sergeant would say, you know, you'd hold it out in front of you and he'd say, yeah, seven and a half pounds private, just hold it out there. You know, well, you can't hold seven and a half pounds. And for two or three, four minutes, that was not a problem. But when you hit, you know, 40, 45 minutes and, you're, you know, and your knees are shaking and you're putting everything you can to hold it up, but, but really that's a pretty, pretty dramatic reflection of, of how we are carrying the burdens that we carry every day. Like we just get accustomed to the weight, right? It's like losing 20 pounds and you get out of bed and you're like, what, I could, my knees didn't pop or I can bend down and tie my shoe. You know, like that's different. You just, you're not accustomed to it. Um, I just think that it, it's insane how some people find comfort in being uncomfortable. Like they just, they don't want to surrender. And I think there's something powerful in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, where it says, come to me all, you, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But still, even after hearing that, still we choose to seek a different solution, right? We don't want the obvious answer because that, that might cause us pain. If we, if we have to surrender to Christ, then what's my quality of life now? Can I, you know, the, the bar life is over, and can I watch this show, and should I laugh at that joke? And we, we think of it from that perspective. And it, it just it confuses me how, just humans in general, we have the answer in the book. All the answers to life are right there. But we continuously choose to seek another answer, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so then we go on, and I, I don't, part, part, in saying that, I guess part of it is I don't understand why we don't realize that we can't do it alone that this baggage that we carry is not, is eventually going to wear us out, right? It's just going to put us on our face because it, it gets too heavy the further that we go. So instead of just surrendering it to the Lord, we continue to just to bounce back and forth like the pinball, I don't even know if they even make pinball machines anymore, but they did when I was a kid. <laughs> you're like a pinball just bouncing back and forth, you know, ting, ping, ting, 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 and you're scoring, you know, whatever's going up, flights are flashing, and we get in all this chaos, and it distracts us, right? This chaos, I think, is from the devil. It makes you where you were just continuously focused on everything else, and you're not focused on the one that matters and any of your own issues, right? We're more worried about everything else going on around us and trying to cover all the bases ourselves. And we're not designed for that, right? So I, it, some of the things that confuse me is why we feel like we have to continuously be stuck in this rat race that society says is normal, that, that you know, social media says, you know, you, you don't have problems if you drive this car or if you have this many followers or if you, you know, have these diamond rings or, or whatever it is, you wear these clothes. It just confuses me how, how we can get so distraught and so just, uh, I guess, not confused, but tricked by what's truly important and what society says is important, right? Because the Bible says that that the world, that the earth is the devil's dominion, right? This is his place for now until, until the Lord comes back and takes it. So I wonder, is that, is that part of the trick to keep you focused on something other than what you really should be? Um, so we go down into, uh, in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and always submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So a straight path to me when I read that was like a slap in the face because I talked about the pinball thing, and uh, even in the military, you know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. I was light infantry, so for me, that meant probably crossing a freezing cold river in December and you know, going through a nasty, dirty, smelly swamp. So it's not always a pleasant trip, right? But it's the shortest distance. It's going to get you there the fastest. And that's kind of what surrendering to Christ is, right? We might have to go through some things that we don't want to face, some things we don't really care to step in. But at the end of it, it's the shortest distance to where we need to be, and it takes the least amount of energy, right? But, but again, it's that taking the step of surrender. So Paul says this in Romans seven nineteen, For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this is what I keep doing. So we know what we should do, but we continue to look for another answer, or we try to plug something else into that hole, right? Something to, to validate that we are doing well, that we're a step ahead, that, that maybe we're better than somebody. Because no one of us want to be in last place, right? It's not that we start out today and say, hey, I need to be better than somebody. 
But if you woke up and, and like God called and said, hey, you know, you're the worst person on the earth right now, you'd probably be a little upset, right? That's not the place you want to be in, right? So you want to step it up. But it, it just, it seems like we, we continuously try to find substitutions and we look for external solutions to an internal problem, right? And by that, I mean, we have a spiritual problem. Something inside is not setting right. The foundation is not firm. And we look for things from the outside to validate that we are okay, which is the completely wrong place to look for the answer. Uh, we look, like I said, social media. Uh, we can turn to all kinds of addictions, um, drugs, alcohol, any, anything like that. We turn to to try to convince ourselves that this is where we need to be and we're doing what we need to do and, and life is good, right? And that's just truly not where it's at. But looking for substitutions and not wanting to surrender isn't just an issue from, from now, okay? This is biblical. Like you can go back into the book of Luke. Uh, we're in chapter 22, verse 42. Jesus cries out, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And I mean, right here, this is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he's pleading to his father. You know, Dad, this is not, I do not want to do this. This is, this is not something that I want to, if there's any other way we can do this, Dad, just like speak up now and let me know. We'll, we'll go that way. But Jesus surrenders. Thank the Lord he surrenders, right? Because if, if he didn't, it would be a, a messy situation. But he does surrender. And then it goes on to say in verse 43 that an angel came down and comforted Jesus and gave him strength. And Jesus began with a clearer mind to pray earnestly, but he still continued to sweat blood. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God, who is down on his hands and knees, suffering from anxiety, stress, fear. He does, this is not what he wants to do, right? This is, not, this is a swamp he does not want to cross, but he knows he has to, and it's the best thing for us. And uh, so if you look it up, you, there's actually a, a medical condition where you can actually secrete blood through your sweat glands. Um, it, it's due to extreme fatigue, psychological and physical stress. You can actually sweat blood. I, I wrote the word down, but I'm not going not gonna to badger it and butcher it and try to tell you how to pronounce it, but, but that's what it is. So I just, luckily, I guess because of the fact that Jesus did surrender, that now we are saved by grace through faith, right? Luckily for us, we're not saved by the amount of faith that we have, right? It's not how much faith I have, it's who I have my faith in. That is what gets us, right? So I, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, I have faith that I serve a mighty God. Do I have faith that I always serve him as well as I should? No. And I think if you're honest with yourself, you would probably have the same answer. Someday I'm, I'm just on fire, Pentecostal, full of the Holy Spirit. And some days, not so much. I skip the devotional. But uh, we just still, I don't understand why we can't just choose to live a surrendered life why we feel like we have to just continue to be in this pinball machine. Uh, James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Think of how much easier life would be if we would just simply surrender. No more weight, no more pinball machine, no more wasted energy. Think of the distance that we could travel today if we put it all down, surrendered, and just walked a straight line. If y'all pray with me. Heavenly Father, powerful is your name. Lord, we gather before you the sheep of your flock. Father, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us without end so that we would be overflowing with grace and mercy. Father, let us spill, up, spill upon others that are around us, Lord. Magnify the light within us so that we could be a beacon to those still lost in darkness and draw them out for your kingdom, for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray and I praise. Amen.
Awesome. All right, guys, if you guys don't know me, my name is Isaac Chambers. Um, and I just want to start off by telling you guys a quick story about my life that just happened literally probably this last week. Um, me, my brother, and my two sisters, we all decided to go to Chicago. I'd been there um, once before, and so I kind of knew the layout and everything. I kind of knew where to go, where not to go. Um, and so we're in this parking garage. We had already been in there once before. We came back later in the day to drop off. We got popcorn or something like that. And so uh, my undisclosed brother, um, brother number one, that's, that's what we'll call him, uh, he decides that he's gonna find a new way out of this parking garage. We'd already gone out of the parking garage, but he's like, no, 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 we're gonna go this way. And so I don't know why we follow him, but we decided that that would be a great idea to follow him. And uh, I'm here to tell you, do not follow him ever. Do not follow my brother, number one. Uh, because we got pretty lost in that parking garage. Probably for about 15 to 20 minutes, we wandered around in this parking garage, and everything is saying, no exit, don't go this way, no exit. But Isaiah's like, oh, no, just a little further, we can make it. And uh, yeah, all that to say, do not follow him ever, okay? Uh, and so, so today I want to talk to you guys about living and leading like Jesus, um, because Jesus is somebody that we can follow, that uh, if there's anybody to follow, it is Jesus. And so the story I want to talk to you guys about today comes from Luke 8, 43 to 49. Um, I'm sure most of you know this. In this story, there's a, a synagogue leader named Jairus, and his daughter is very sick, and he's, he's asking Jesus, hey, would you please come with me? Would you please go and help me heal my daughter? And so in this story, when we pick up in verse 43, it says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And so the first question that uh, I, I ask myself when I'm learning to lead and live like Jesus is, is what is my mission? And to start this off, I mean, imagine you're Jairus, that you're following Jesus, you're going after him, and you're like, okay, awesome, Jesus is going to heal my daughter, this is great, this could not be better, he's going with me, and all of a sudden, uh, this woman comes up and completely interrupts it, she stops Jesus in his track, and you're thinking, uh, can we please keep moving? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my daughter is dying. This might, this doesn't seem so important right now. Let's get on to what's really important. My, remember my daughter, the one that's dying? And, and so when I think about Jairus, I mean, I would be pretty upset. And so what, what I realized is that Jesus was on mission. Jesus was on a mission and that the fact that he stopped was actually a part of his mission, that, that Jairus was not more important, to, uh, his daughter was not more important than this woman, but this woman was not more important than Jairus, that at the same point that Jesus was on mission, and his mission, uh, as stated in Luke 19.10, was for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus has set his mission out plain. It's, it's, it's very clear what it is, and that this was not a detour from his mission. This was not something that was just, oh, yeah, I guess I can go heal this woman. That sounds like something that could happen, but no, this was on purpose, that, that God was on mission at all times. And so 
when I think about this, uh, I think about what, what is my mission? What is, what, is, what is it that wakes me up in the morning, that gets me going, that really I live for, that, I, that when I do something, it's on purpose. It's not just I live my life flippantly and just, well, I mean, I guess I'll get a job and get a house, but it's, and no, what, what, is, what, am I, what am I really here for? Um, and so, so that's the first thing is, what is my mission? And then the second thing that, I, a question I think to ask is, who, who can I serve? That Jesus was always looking for those around him who he can serve. Um, and that, that there's never a, a point where Jesus wasn't focused on people. And I think that when we're thinking about what our mission should be, it, it should always be people-focused. It should never just be object-focused or goal-focused, but it should be people-focused um, because that's what Jesus teaches us to do. In fact, he calls us to be a servant. He says in Matthew 23, 11, it says, the greatest among you will be your servant, that Jesus is calling us to serve others, that so many times throughout the Bible, you'll see Jesus is either going from a person to a person, that he's always people-focused. Um, and a story I have to represent this was in, in my life, I, I'm living now in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. I'm serving at a church there. And since I'm part of the college and part of the apprenticeship program there, I'm serving about every week in a different capacity. And uh, that could be anywhere from out in the parking lot to greeting people. And so when, when they started giving me responsibilities, like, for, for instance, parking, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to park cars like nobody's business. You've never seen a car parker like me. I'm going to park the pants off of these cars. They're not going to know what hit them. They're going to be parked. And, and when I started thinking like that, though, I, I cut out one of the most important thing was the people that I was serving, that there's people behind those cars. They're not just cars, but there's actual people there. And when you cut out the people and who ends up being your mission, um, then it's just a job. I mean, what's the point? I mean, you can park cars, whoopee. It's uh, not, not as, as important as the people that are really behind there. And so when you focus more on the people, you actually get down to what really matters in the situation. Um, and again, this, this applies for everything. This applies to anything in life. When we're not focused on people, it really becomes pretty, pretty meaningless. Um, and so then the final thing is, is who can I can tell? Uh, who can I tell? Uh, Jesus, in this moment when he's speaking to this woman, uh, that he's, he's always has one thing in mind, is salvation for those people. That he, he realizes the importance of the soul. Uh, again, Jairus was not more important than this woman, and this woman was not more important than, to Jairus. Uh, they're equally important to Jesus. Just as like, you're not more important than me, and I'm not more important than you. Jesus loves each and every one of us so much that he realizes that every soul is eternal, that, that we're going to live forever, that every soul is meaningful to Jesus. And so, uh, in fact, again, Jesus calls us to this in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And again, this is Jesus pretty much saying, hey, if, if you don't have a mission in life, let me give you a mission. And, and that's, that's what we call this the great commission, uh, where he's saying that people are our mission, that saving souls, bringing them to the knowledge of Jesus is the greatest thing that we could ever do. So when we're living our lives, we're not living it haphazardly, just kind of doing whatever, but we're, we're constantly seeing who can we bring to Jesus? What can we do today to serve other people? What can we do to, today to bring others to Jesus? And that's really what I think, um, when we're learning to live and lead like Jesus, I think that's one of the most important things we can do is to focus on, on serving others and leading them uh, to Christ.
Awesome. So let, let's all pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for this day, God. I thank you so much for allowing us all to be here today. And I just pray that as we love our lives, Father, that you show us what our mission is, God, that you help us uh, reach others and truly love and serve others like you did, Jesus. Just like you didn't ignore anyone, you didn't ignore us, God. Just help us to serve like you did. And we thank you so much for this. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. And if you didn't put it together, that was my son actually right there. And, and he didn't tell you, but he was actually just hired as the children's pastor down at Bethany Church in Baton Rouge. Isn't that cool? And uh, he finished, he's finishing his degree by April, and then uh, so it would be part-time until then. Then they offered him a full-time job already after he graduates. So we're so proud of him. And um, it's the grace of God, everybody, grace of God. So this is what's going to happen. Um, in just a few moments, I'm going to speak a blessing over over uh, uh, all of your all of you and your families as well. First of all, this is something that that uh, really the Lord put upon my heart probably more than a decade ago, uh, just to speak a blessing over you. And and if you know me, I, I speak blessings over you all the time. But I, I love to start the the year with what I call a New Year's blessing, and speaking that over you. And the the reason is very clear, is the Word of God says. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it eat its fruit. So let me, let me uh, put that in another, another way, that words are powerful and they produce results. That's how we say it here at New Song. Words are powerful and they produce results. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue is powerful and with it, with your tongue, you can speak life or you can speak death. You can speak blessings or you can speak curses. And, and the Bible also says that your words are serious business to God. In fact, the Bible says that we're going to be judged according to every empty word that comes out of our mouths. Did you know that? Every empty word. So uh, what, what I mean by that is, I, or what I, what, what I do is I take that verse and say, I don't want to say any empty words. I don't, want to, I don't want my mouth to be filled with empty words. I want my mouth to be filled with life. So I just I try my best. I don't always get it right, but I try my best. I just speak life. I speak blessings. I speak the word of God and the promises of God over, over my wife, over my children, over, over my home, over all of you, over this church. I just speak life. I speak blessings all the time. I proclaim the promises of God. And, and if you're asking here today, you say, well, Pastor Justin, are you a name it and claim it kind of guy? Are you a blab it and grab it kind of guy? Like just because you say it, that automatically means it happens. Let me tell you who I am. I, I am a man that believes the word of God and I believe the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. I, I am a believer, everybody, in the word of God. And the Bible says very, very clearly, it is impossible for God to lie. So if it's impossible to lie, it's impossible for God to lie, and he gave us very great and precious promises, how many know it would be wise of us to speak those, to speak life, to speak the promises of God. That's what we do. So we're going to speak life here. So today, as I speak a blessing over you and your family, every single uh, thing that I'm going to speak over you today is actually straight out of the Word of God. These are not Justin's words. These are the promises of God. These are the words of God. And what I did is I just put in some words to connect them all together. 
uh, but it is just straight up the, the word of God that I'm going to speak over you today. So if your kids are a little fidgety, I know all about that. I got four kids of my own. And as you can tell from my son's example, my second born was the very fidgety one, all right? And he's not here today. He already went back to Bible college, and so I can talk about him all I want to because he's not here. And uh, so I, I'm, it's okay. Let your kids be kids. It's okay. Okay, if they want to be fidgety, that's fine. And uh, the, the blessing will apply to their life even if they're squirming, okay? And so I want you to hold your, especially if you have your kids around you, hold your kids really tight. And let me speak this New Year's blessing over all of you uh, in your family. Father, first of all, I thank you that the words that are, we're going to speak today come right out of your word and your promises are true. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And we are followers of Christ. We are Bible believers. We are faith-filled followers. And I pray, Father, that you teach us all to use our tongues wisely, that we would speak life and not death. We would speak blessings and not curses, Lord. Teach us all to use our words wisely and not to let our mouths be filled with empty words. We don't want to live life like that, Lord. So, Lord, may the words that I speak now over my church family be filled with power because they are promises in your word. So may these words be powerful and effective in all of our lives, not because of me, but because of you, because of your goodness and greatness. Lord, may much be accomplished in this New Year's blessing, I pray. Now, new song, according to the word of God, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all of those who are sanctified. And I declare that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I bless you to be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. And may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. My new song family, may our Lord Jesus himself and God our Father encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And may God enable you to live a life worthy of his call. And may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. I declare that God will equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. And may he meet all of your needs according to his riches, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And may the Lord empower you with inner strength through his spirit. New song, I declare, be filled with the spirit of God. And may the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I further declare that, the, that all glory belongs to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. New song, I bless you with every good and perfect thing that comes from our, from our heavenly father. And I declare all of those things in the name and by the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. And if you receive that blessing, say amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. 
Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.